Technical difficulties be damned. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. <laughs> I'm Liz. I'm Naomi. And we're the Run Galloway Girls. And we are here with a podcast episode for you, which we had a lot of technical difficulties this morning. It is like 35 minutes past when we usually start recording. <laughs> it's just one of those weeks. Just one of those weeks. It has actually been an incredibly difficult week for my family. Um, we lost my uh, boyfriend's father tragically on Thursday. Um, and I'm just going to share because I don't think that there's a lot of crossover. And I think the people that know know he took his life. Um, and so there's been a lot of feelings about that. You know, I, I just want to say that suicide is something that is the manifestation of mental illness. It is the same as if somebody dropped out of a heart attack and you had no idea that they had heart problems. Yeah. Suicide is the manifestation of of that of that illness and and we need to treat all mental illnesses as if they're the same as physical illnesses end of story. Um it's the same thing with addiction when people have right. addiction and overdose, you know, those that is the physical manifestation of just like cancer of struggling with cancer struggling with heart disease like addictions the same so um big push there and and personally i feel like we should talk about it and share the story i understand it's really soon for some people in the family but the only way that we can ever prevent this cycle from continuing Mm -hmm. is by talking about it and by remembering that you know this was a tragic thing that somebody in pain Right, happened to somebody in pain, not something negative that he did to us. It's not, and it's not a character flaw, just like addiction. Mm -hmm. It's not a, it's not something someone can personally usually change. And like I was trying to tell you until for the family to say like, there is nothing that anyone could have done probably to stop it. And so like, it's really hard for us to. Right, that. because if someone had been there then at that time, sure, it wouldn't have happened then at that, that moment. Time. But but until but and it's possible that with time, maybe somebody could have seen something to prevent it, to initiate the intervention to get help right. to stop it. But probably not, because the hardest thing to do is to ask for help when you feel like you're the burden. And your pain is so great that you want, you're just a burden and you want right. to unburden the world from you. Right. And, and, you know, again, even if anyone could have pointed, you know, and pushed in the right direction towards help, like that's, of course we, that's what ideally you would do and everyone wants to be able to, okay, let's, you know, get this person the help they need. But sometimes there's just never going to be, it's just that person will never necessarily heal because it is a disease. And I, it is not. And unless they really are on top of their game, they're, you know, yeah, preventing it the rest of their life. They have to be like consciously going to therapy daily and weekly and not taking and, a break from that. And, and I think that, I think that what we need to do, you know, everybody says, if you're struggling, reach out. If you're, well, when you're struggling, that's the hardest time to reach out. Yeah. Right. Um, I think what we all need to do is reach in. And I think that we need right. to normalize the conversations about like, like, hey, if you have suicidal thoughts, it's okay to talk to somebody about them. If you're feeling like a burden, you're not a burden. There's no such thing as being a burden, right? I think we need to normalize the normalize the conversations around sharing your dark thoughts, right? right. So it's not necessarily reaching out. It's that don't like don't think you're going to be isolated for sharing those things because you know he had a lot of people around him that loved him exactly so it's not that there weren't people there right it's not there and it's not that everyone in the family couldn't have listened and been that voice but that's the other thing is that like we're all you know we're all humans and so the person people still will need professional help outside of like it's you should have people that you can talk yeah. to you should have your family you can talk to your friends you can talk to but therapy but you, you need beyond that because it's usually not going to just that's usually and not going to be enough we are not at all sponsored by better help but during but they are a company that sponsors a lot of podcasts yeah, so maybe they but <laughs> during the pandemic i i used better help and it was really fantastic i met a great counselor named joe 
Uh, I just talked to the, the first person that was kind of listed to me. He was fantastic. He said all the, all the things I needed to hear. He, he's obviously a licensed therapist, but it was almost like talking to like an older uncle or something. Like, yeah. um, I'm not sure if I had to choose, like if it was like, oh, go find somebody, he's who I would have chosen. Right. But he was a great fit for what I needed at the time. That's awesome. And non-judgmental, like just really, really wonderful. And um, I think... I think that's really um, also important. Don't worry about find if you're looking for a therapist. Don't really worry about finding the right therapist. Yeah. Talk to all of them, and I think you're gonna find your fit. Like, don't like just talk to someone. Even if that therapist says, you know, I don't know if I'm the right person. Be like, well, I'd like to keep an appointment with you until you can help me find the right person. Right. I I've like, had some yeah. I've had some great success with just the therapist I was just placed with, which yeah. wasn't necessarily. A person specializing in what mm-hmm. I need at the time. I don't know, and maybe they were, and they they just don't share that necessarily, like with yeah. you. And and that's worked out really well. Is just to have someone who's a, um, you know, a completely um, what's the word I'm looking for? An objective. Yeah, or, um, just a a, out, a third party, a third exactly like, outside of your life. Yeah, and I think. I think that's one of the reasons why BetterHelp can be so great is because it's not you're not looking in your local area for therapists that are overbooked. They're, it's therapists from across the country, and so you're going to be able to find somebody faster to talk to and really responsive. The app was fantastic. They have programs where you can put in your income and apply for a discount. That's cool. So really, really great. Um, so that's something I, I recommend to people. And then, not to start this off in such like a gloomy note, yeah. um, you know, we're we're planning everything. Um, to add to everything, then my um, my boyfriend's sister in law's father passed two nights ago. Unbelievable! So she's on her way to Sarajevo, and every morning I burp on the podcast, so I'm so sorry. <laughs> no one. Can I know always like hide you, it. You notice that everyone else. Yeah. Does. Well, I in, on video I cover my mouth. Um, so she's off to Sarajevo, oh my gosh. and. Then yesterday, my baby room teacher's husband, Gong Gong, who's been in the hospital with pneumonia and COVID, he passed. Oh, my and God. So uh, oh this God. is just a reminder. Well, deaths come in threes. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know. Hopefully uh, that's the last. But... I'll eat a bowl of cherries and some ghost meat in his honor. Okay. That... That is from 30 Rock. 30 <laughs> Rock, they had the celebrity desk come in threes. And the inventor of Pac-Man died. And Tracy <laughs> Tracy Jordan goes, I will eat a bowl of cherries and some ghost meat in his honor. <laughs> I was like, like oh that's just gosh. like a line that stuck that's, in my head. And that is my that's role great. in death, yep. making jokes. Yep, not in the same way. That's I, how I process That's how I, I wonder if it's an ADHD It's a coping thing, mechanism. Like, too. Like, it's like. I know. It's, I don't understand sad feelings. Let me make it something I can understand. Yep, yep. I've definitely been uh, told that I've been completely inappropriate around, like, those situations oh. because I just go. The, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, but but it's how we it's, it's how we cope. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's how we make it less burdensome. And so, like, and, but it you know what? It just comes back to like right now with all of that, all of this happening. It's just that reminder of like how freaking short life is. Life is, yeah. And and, and do the things, do like, the things, do. love the people, yes. love the people, tell them you love them, um, spend more time with them, make the efforts, you know, and even just making. I I was thinking about. Um, I'm just going to call him my father-in-law. Yeah. I was thinking about him and how he took the time to make you feel really special and really listen to when, um, when you were with him. And I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to pause and I'm going to take a moment to really make people feel special when I'm speaking with them. And it's funny because not only is that like, a good nice thing in a way for me to remember him that is actually also how to here i am thinking self-serving again but that is actually how to improve your productivity in life and really be successful is doing just one thing at a time yes. and really just being present in the moment is one of the biggest things to be successful so not only is this going to leave people feeling great because it when he did that with me it made me feel great 
It's going to help me remember him. It's going to help other people I interact with feel good, feel good. And overall, in general, it's going to help productivity. And, and so, you know, I, I'm a big believer in like thinking about like, what can we do to help the memories live on? And then honor that person, honor what they were about. Yeah. And circling back, back, back to like Weiwei's husband, Gong Gong, who passed, you know, he, he died of pneumonia from COVID and it is March. No, it's April. It's April. It's April, April 2023. 2023. Three years. Three years into the pandemic, and older people are still dying of COVID. Yep. I So I have an employee who right now, she's a former employee. She fully retired this year or like at the end of last year and said, I won't be helping out with next tax season. We said, okay, good, like right, right off into the sunset. And she's had health problems. She has cancer. But she has been in and out of the hospital since January with COVID. Yeah. And so, and we don't know, you know, at this point, yeah, it's it's one of those things where we're pretty sure she's not going to, you know, come out fully of this. So And, you know, we um, hospitals are all lifting their mask mandates and, and rightly should. Rightly, they, they should because you right. know, everybody has them. We need to all live our lives again. But we need to remember that this is not this is not a this is not gone yet. And it's not over. And there are going to be times where people are wearing masks and you should respect that. And Mm -hmm. there's going to be times when you should wear a mask. If you're feeling at all under the weather, like that's when to put a mask on. Masks do not protect you from others. Masks protect others from you. Yeah. And so that's the other thing I kind of do is if I'm going into an enclosed space place and there's somebody wearing, say, a can a can ninety five or a KF ninety four, like some high quality mask, I will and I'm gonna be right next to them, I'm gonna put my mask on. Right. To, out of respect. Out of right. Because I don't freaking care. Exactly. We wore masks on the plane on the way to Atlanta. And we were planning on wearing them <laughs> on the way, like getting into the but airport then on the I way was back. Super frazzled because I left my wallet. Did, did we tell the wallet story? I don't know if we've told the story. Okay. Yet. <laughs> so we were searching for Naomi's wallet, um, and it was luckily tracked down. It was in the hotel room, and luckily Sarah was still say, staying there. Yes. But we learned that TSA will still let you board a plane if yeah they can get basically they can get enough information to verify who you are. Yeah. But it was a little touch and go there for a minute without an ID, without my wallet, and I was just too super frantic and like so yeah we <laughs> we didn't remember like put our yeah mask so back we on. were like uh, we were like f it it's just yeah <laughs> but we also I think that I really just didn't want to catch something going into the race and then and then like we were staying in the hotel room and yeah. being around Jeff and all of that but. Anyway, just to say, like, we need to take all these mitigation skills that we learned. Open air is the best place to play. So spend time outside. Um, stay home, run sick, all of those things. Um, and especially with with older people, like, you know, and it's funny because a lot of the older people I know are, like, the least in, in yeah. on the mitigation things. You know, They're wash- the most who want to move yeah. on with their lives yeah. and have their lives back. It's funny, though. The one that I'm just not about is, like, freaking washing surfaces all the time, disinfecting surfaces. Like, I mean, well, I get it. That was, like, disproven with, at least with well, COVID. Now- but even, even with, like wiping doorknobs and everything mm-hmm. during cold and flu season. That's always been a thing people have said. Yeah. We disinfect our child care center with bleach water. Bleach water is the best disinfecting solution, and it does not destroy your stuff if mixed properly. So depending on the strength of your bleach, it's like two to five tablespoons per gallon of water, and you mix it fresh daily. So we have a big gallon mixing jug, and then we pour it in. Right? Super easy. Spray it on. You can spray it on and wipe off. It's a cleaner. You spray on, sit for five minutes, wipe off, or let it air dry. It's a disinfectant. We also use a separate surface cleaner as well that's safe to, it's food safe. So my interpretation of food safe is if it can be around food, it can be around young children. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, and like everybody's like, oh, I never thought of it that way. I'm like, yeah, it's a sink sanitizer. I'm like, well, yeah, if it can sanitize a sink and be used in the kitchen, why couldn't it be used to spray on a table and wiped off? And it, like, doesn't hurt your hands or right. anything. I know a lot of places are listen, going off on a tangent. Hydrogen peroxide cleaners, those, that will bleach your stuff. I mean, but whatever. Clean your stuff. Clean your hands. The The other thing I'm not, I'm not in on is hand sanitizer. I'm not about hand sanitizer. I never have been. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't like it. I get, I get it, but... 
And so, like, again, like, I work in childcare. We have hand sanitizer right by the door. If I'm going in there for more than just a second, like, if I'm going to touch a baby, I walk straight to the sink and wash my hands yeah. to touch the babies. And, you know, when Julian was little, I would wash my hands yeah. before interacting. But he's three now. I don't wash my hands before playing no. with him. I let his snotty nose he's... rub all over my face. Yeah. No, and, and hand sanitizer, I like hand sanitizer in out of the convenience of it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with you. If you have a sink, it's always better. And like, Oh, I'm gross. But I do have, I do use it, like, so when he comes over and, like, I, you know, he gets, I don't know, he wipes boogers on me or whatever. I, like, I have hand sanitizer at my desk in oh, my office, can... and I'm like, I'm not walking back to the sink. That's too much work. That's a, that's a <laughs> good like... time to use it. I was thinking, like, the people who, like, have the hand sanitizer and you sit down to eat, and they're, like, like hand sanitized no. before they eat. Like, I mean... I probably we probably should go wash our hands before we eat. And in childcare, they wash they their do. hands before they eat. It's like <laughs> kids in childcare wash their hands more than like than adults, adults do. They it's wash true. their hands more in a day than adults do. It's true. All week, I tell you, because they wash they the moment they arrive, before yep. they eat, when they after come back they in from- eat. Anytime they, they come, come back, back from, from any activity. Yeah. Well, so you're in an in-home, so when they come back from outside, if my kids go to another room yeah. in the center the and come they back, clean, they, they have they to wash. wash their hands. Yeah. Yeah, they, and, he washes his hands at daycare all the time, and at home, none of the time. Right. Well, <laughs> After like, he eats, he does. Yeah. But it's like, it's but funny. not before. <laughs> it's funny because, like, I will sometimes even at home... When I'm out, I always wash my hands. But at home, if I just, like, pee and go to the bathroom, I'm not sure I always (laughs) wash my hands. So um, this is so funny because I listened to the office ladies, and that was a big, big thing that between them. So it's Pam, Jenna, Fisher, and Angela Kinsey. Oh, that's awesome. They're besties. They became best friends on the show. And they have a pod. Oh, I need to listen. It's the greatest. And each episode is an episode of The Office. They just go into deep, deep Mm -hmm. dives. And so, yeah, there was one. They always go on tangents like we do. And one time... Yeah, Jenna had said that she doesn't wash her hands at home. And Angela was like, what? And it was this whole thing. And I just loved that. Like, she was all open about it. And it was like, it's okay. Like, it's just like, yeah. not always. Not like, always. And I make the judgment. Like, how much toilet paper did I yep. use? Is there? I'm right there with there's you. There's that joke. There's <laughs> that joke with the Marine, the Marine and the the um, Army soldier. And they're both urine, using the urinal. And one of them zips up, and I can't remember who, and I don't want to offend either branch. We're going to have to and go figure so, this out, though. So <laughs> um, so they, they zip up, and one of them goes to wash their hands, and one of them doesn't. And, and the, the guy goes, oh, you didn't wash your – you're not washing your hands. Like in the whatever services they teach us to wash our hands after we pee. And the guy who didn't wash his hands go, well, in, in my service, they teach us not to pee on our hands. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be the Marines. <laughs> I know so, it. I have to go look it up. So, I'm married to a Marine. My dad's Army. My father-in-law yeah, my, my was dad's Army, Army and your dad's Army. So like, I'm, And but the, it, my dad's Army. My uncle my uncle is Navy turned Coast Guard. Yeah. My aunt is Coast Guard. Yeah, I have two, Their sons are yeah. Marines and National Guard. We're very yeah. – my, my grandfather was a general in my, the um, British military. Oh, yeah. My Yeah, my grandfather – well, one of my grandfathers oh, yeah, was, we're military was Coast through. Guard. And I've got – yeah, I've got Coast Guard and Navy as well for two of my uncles. Um, yeah. Yeah. So – and the best part about being a family member of a service member, and these people don't sponsor us either, USAA is the absolute greatest banking and insurance company on the planet. Um, they used to also be the most inexpensive for those people, but like – it's worth the premium. I got to tell you, like yeah. their their technology is incredible. Can I tell you, I've been able to scan deposit checks since like 2001. Oh my gosh. Like, I I mean, like granted, I had to like... have a, a flatbed oh, scanner, wow. but I could, I could mobile deposit checks oh, because cool. they're only bank branches is, in, well, yeah. they have one in the Pentagon now, or uh, Pentagon Mall now, but they is in San Antonio. Right. So we used to have these blue envelopes and we'd mail them off. Yeah. But they came up with mobile deposit. It was, I mean, like, I mean, pretty cool. Wow, this is such a tangential episode. (laughs) So, um, so we should talk maybe a little bit about some running, yeah, um, and how it's not therapy. Yeah, and maybe we should also chat a little bit about how your plan is not. 
the word of God. It's it's not set in stone. Yeah, yeah. so I know. Like, we both, it's funny because we both wore this shirt today. Running yeah. helps, which we, yeah, like we said, it's we love. Um, Dorothy it helps, Milepost. It but does. it's not therapy. Exactly. That's why I throw it on because I'm, I'm one of those terrible people who hashtags everything with running is my therapy because most of the time I'm not going to structured therapy, but running is the time. It's my outlet. It's the time where my mind can completely wander. It's the time when I can work out problems. It's, yeah, it's event. also if it's vent if we're and if we're social, yeah. which we are, we're running together. We're using it as a time to yeah talk and vent and you know well, get the stuff out. And that's something that I kind of learned through going to talk therapy is that sometimes it's not so much that the therapist is helping you work through the problem or even giving you strategies. Yeah. Sometimes it's just unloading. Yep. And unloading can be so therapeutic. And so when running with a group of friends, I think that's why runners become so so close is mm-hmm. we can share so much, especially because we don't have that eye contact. You're you're side by side. And it's uh, I think we talked about this yes. a long time ago. Children in the car will open up to you a lot more than children at the dinner table. Exactly. Because you're side by side and they're not making eye contact. So they just kind of speak freely and it's it's very, very cool. Yeah, um, it's a great tactic to like, yeah, throw your, your especially like your teenager, yeah. throw them in the car with you and like, yeah, they may open and up And have the stuff. hard conversations. Yeah. That's actually the time if there's something that you want to talk to your kids about, like the birds and the bees talks, starting them in the car can be a great thing. Right. I have this kindergartner that I pick up every day and she asked me, and I mean, it's not really a secret. I'm agnostic. I think that there's something, call it the universe. I don't know what it is. I think everything on the on the planet Earth is an invention of man to explain that thing. I struggled a lot with figuring out whose explanation was right, mm-hmm. and that was very stressful for me. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be agnostic. I'm not going to worry about this problem, and I'm going <laughs> to do the best I can. Um, and it's it's hilarious because I told a religious person, I have a friend of mine. I said, you know. I can't really think about it. I can't really say one way or another. But if one, if your religion has it right or somebody's religion has it right and I've got it wrong and that's the one thing that keeps me out of heaven, I'll go party with the devil. Yeah. And she goes, well, it will be. It will be the one thing that keeps you out because faith, <laughs> faith is the thing that gets you in. And I was like, okay. Okay, yeah. Conversation done. I've Now, yeah. I've talked to this friend since and she right. was like, I can't believe I said that to Aww. you. I was like. I was like, it was fine. Like, I wasn't offended. I was yeah, like, that's oh, just what okay. you believe. Yeah, no, I'm the same exact as um, you. And where was I going with that? Oh, the child, the, the kindergarten. The, oh, the kindergartner. So she keeps asking me about Adam and Eve and the beginning of the world. And I said, well, I can tell you about the beginning of the world. <laughs> there, the beginning of the universe started with a big bang. <laughs> yep. And so I talked to her about primordial ooze and evolution and we all started as and so I talked to her about the beginning of the world and how we all started as as one-celled creatures and we evolved and I said oh and you know the earth had methane and nitrogen in the atmosphere at that time and now we have this in our atmosphere and so I just talked to her about science yeah (laughs) and and I talked to her about the theory of evolution yeah but I don't and I'm like and somewhere and somewhere (laughs) along the line a monkey was named Adam and a monkey was named Eve. There you go. <laughs> That's perfect. So horrible. So, so horrible. Oh. Or the first person in the evolution line was, you know, I don't think I told her a monkey sure. name. But she's just like, tell me, tell me again about how the dinosaurs got extinct. I was like, yes, I can yes. do that. That's what we can get behind. So, and oh. then, oh, the other thing that the kids at my mm-hmm. school love to hear about is my freezer baby. Aww. And they love to hear about how we took the gametes from Brian and put them with my eggs, which are my gametes, yeah. and how a scientist helped to create them. And, like, we talk about, in very scientific terms, about IVF. Yeah. Like, so that it's not, I'm not bringing sex into it, but I am bringing human reproduction into it. Right. Which, I mean, honestly, I think it's really important for I mean, it's it's the same thing as if we were growing a lima bean from a seed, like, right? Or from a bean, like growing a plant. Yeah. And so I speak to them in, you know, very, like, you know, kind of literal terms. And we yeah. talk about how, you know, that I've shown them pictures of the stages of an embryo. and That's cool. Yeah. I mean, 
I, n- none of my parents would get mad. And if they if they got mad about it, they would just hold their tongue because I'm going through infertility, so I'm allowed to talk about it. <laughs> well, and I think, yeah, that early science, that science lessons being so early is pretty awesome. Like, yeah. To, you know, that they are going to have this understanding. Yeah, um, and I say they're going to put them in my belly. The doctor is going right. to put it in my belly, and then it will grow to a baby. Yeah. Um, you know, I use... There's some, I, I would love to say, oh, and then the doctor will transvaginally insert it into my uterus. No, I'm not saying that to five-year-olds, <laughs> but I am going to say, you know. Yeah. But it is cool to talk about, like, gametes, because I don't necessarily feel comfortable using the word sperm around children. Yeah. There's something about it. There's something, <laughs> although maybe I should, but the gametes are also <laughs> also correct scientifically correct terms right and you know euploid and aneuploid and all of that so anyway (laughs) long diatribe there so talking about running you get to talk about everything you talk about everything you connect with your running buddies and that's like again yeah unloading and that's a that's a perfect way to talk about it because you can like unload and vent to your to your significant other to your friends while you're running but sometimes you need proper, you know, the therapy third person. instead of this, like, well, person that you're close to. I think sometimes even the person that you're close to, when they're a running buddy, like, there's kind of when you're running, while you're running, it's like a safe space. Yes. And there's, I think that these, that your running partners, you can vent about things that you can't, you can vent about your partner to them <laughs> without judgment. And hopefully, right. hopefully your, your running buddies can, can kind of not judge. And even if there is a little judgment, like, I almost think that sometimes it's okay to kind of say the hard things. Um, I wish that some of my friends had said when I was with my previous partner, I wish some of my friends had said, you know, like the things they didn't like about him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you really, you actually really don't seem happy because I wasn't happy for a Mm. long time, but I, I was so scared to lose him and I, you know, and so I think that there was a bit, but that's where a therapist could have come in and been like, you know, this doesn't sound like it's working. Yeah, it sounds like it's not healthy um, or whatever. And you know, but sometimes you just want your friends to support, and sometimes, of course. Um, but I think you also develop that trust when your running partner can say, you know, I am just worried about like I'm hearing you and I'm hearing what you want, but I'm worried about you getting hurt. I'm thinking about like yeah. you know everything that happened pr- right prior to the pandemic. Like yes. you guys were pretty honest with me about like right. we really just don't want you to get hurt. Um, yeah, and I, I think did. I shared my feelings <laughs> yeah. pretty strongly about like that yeah. relationship. But yeah, prior to that, I don't think we we met after the person before like yeah. the other person. But then with yeah the one right around before the pandemic, I was pretty. I was pretty honest with like how I felt and I was like how I was not happy with this yeah. and like it's yeah and and it, like that's something that's but hard that, to share because but hard that, to come, that led me but that led me to kind of like look at the stats on how a relationship like that turned out and it turned out exactly in line with statistics so we're not going to go too much into details there <laughs> but but yeah um, it was just kind of like opening your eyes yeah yeah so it's it is hard to share those things yeah but, um, but I think, yeah, so I think we, I think that's kind of our big thing is yeah. that like running helps, but running, it's not, yeah, it it's, can, it can be so great. It can't solve everything. It can't. And, and when it, it can also become one of those things, like, um, I heard at one, on an episode during eating disorder awareness week that like, it can be a life raft, right? During times, during hard times, you know, I'm just going to go for a run and clear my head. But if you're just going for a run to clear your head all like too much, running can be harmful. So it is a life raft and you have to be careful that holes don't get poked in it to it and you hmm. don't get too far out into sea. I was going to say, or yeah, right? you don't take that life raft on like a, a seven day cruise right? because that's just exactly. not going to work, man. Exactly. <laughs> because it's just like in certain times, you know, an eating disorder in times of overwhelm or stress can feel like this control. It can yep. feel like this life raft, but it's a life raft that is going to sink. <laughs> it will sink you. And and so you do have to be very, very careful with all of your tools that are seem like they could be healthy. So, and, you know, I say eating disorder, but that can start with just like I just need to eat. I just need to eat healthy for a little while so that I can feel more in control, right? That can go on the deep end. I shared last week that I had started using my fitness pal to track everything. Yeah. I have since stopped. Um, I still have it in there. I haven't, I've like looked back and forth. I try to, I'm like trying to be aware of like my protein intake, 
but it's been too much to kind of like right focus now with on. everything it's with way everything too much. the other thing that about it is I would eat the number of calories and I had it set to moderate or mildly active so not all the way active plus add in all my exercise calories from Garmin so it was like 3,900 calories on some days when we would run you know some days were like 28 some days were you know I think my base was like 1800 mm-hmm. calories right and so if I just sat around and didn't do anything but the moment I went to work it was up to 22. Mm-hmm. I was still hungry when I was eating all of it and so I would have to eat over so I, I just don't think that it's a that it's a good metric or it's I, I don't think that calories are the right thing for athletes to look at. I just right. don't. Yeah. Um, I think that um, I think there's got to be something. I think protein grams might be a good thing to focus on. Right. And I think I'm coming around to timing on nutrition really being the most Spacing important thing. out your Well, I'm coming around to and... eat as soon as you get up. Uh-huh. Eat right after you run, drink a protein yeah. shake or eat something and eat something before the hunger cue because yes. it's almost like to keep the hunger cues coming because coffee is an appetite suppressant. So if you have coffee before you eat, you're going to suppress your appetite. Mm-hmm. Running is an appetite suppressant. So if you run without fuel, you're going to suppress your appetite. Like all these things. And then your second, and then, oh, I ran. Now it's midday and I'm tired. Let me drink another cup of coffee. All of a sudden, you're suppressing your appetite all the time. And then you want to know what else is an appetite suppressant? Hunger can feel like, oh, I can't eat because my stomach doesn't feel good. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me. Sometimes when you're past, for me, it's like if I'm past, if I wait too long. Yeah. So usually there's a famished hunger and then they get past that to where then, yeah, it becomes yeah. you no longer want to eat. And so my trick lately has been like, if I'm, I don't know what to eat, but I know I'm like, I'm either feeling tired and I know that means I need to eat and not coffee or like, yeah, like something's just not right. I'm doing the protein shakes like yesterday yeah. I did. I actually did a, a triple or gain in uh, like more water than normal instead of the double. So normally it's two scoops of organ yeah. and that's 170 calories, I believe. It's not it's, like... But depending on the one, it's between 150 and 130, yeah. depending on the, the... Yeah, the chocolate fat. fudge, whatever one that I go with. And and it's like 21 or something grams of protein. So it's a ton of protein. I got the sport one that's 30 grams of oh protein. My gosh. So it's a little like thicker. I just bought, I just ordered it. Yeah. And you can shop or gain. You can use the code coachliz 30 and get a discount. The link is also on our site, but you can just put that code in. Yeah. Um, that does help pod. support the pod. Um, so yeah. Um, but so I'll, yeah, so I like mix up you know, a protein shake because at that moment I knew I needed to eat something. I was hungry. I didn't yeah. know what, I couldn't like figure out what to eat. And so that was just a good stalwart until I figure out what else I'm going to eat. Right. And so. And sometimes I find a protein shake actually jumps my hunger. Which yeah. Is cool then I am hungry too. Because it's like, like we've said before, it's like the beverage that you're going to have with your meal. But this beverage right. is chock full of things you need. Um. So yeah, I'm a, I'm, have been a huge fan of protein shakes. You know, yesterday I had on its own, I have a whey protein from Vital Proteins, mm-hmm. um, and it's a chocolate-based, and it is the wateriest whey protein I've ever had. It was really good. And I I bought it, and what I'll do, as you were mentioning, mentioning a triple, is I will do two scoops of Orgain and mm-hmm. then one scoop of whey sometimes, but I had not had it on its own. And so it was... It was really, it was good. And I'm like, okay, I'm definitely going to mix some whey protein in with the organ. I just, I really like the organ. It's yeah, so good. It actually really tastes good. It tastes, and it's it's a little thick, which I kind of like. It's yeah. like, almost like a treat. Yeah, it is. It's, oh, it's totally it's a like treat. It's like a treat thickness. I thought I would like savor it because I was like, oh, it's extra. You know, I made it extra and it's big and it's thicker. And then, which sounds really gross. And then I was like, just downed it in like 10 seconds yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it did and not, it was not a Yeah, and I'm like kind of thinking it. about like, you know, um, Swap and their protein cereal. I was like, that's such a good snack. Like, mm-hmm. Um, and then, so one of the things Jeff's books had recommended on the whole, like, kind of weight management while running and not g- ever getting to that place where you're so hungry that you just gorge is not going more than three hours without eating. I've been trying that, and I really think I like that. So spacing out eating the same volume of food that 30, I mean, honestly, it's probably, 
I mean, I tracked. It's like some days 3,800 calories. Yeah. Or or more if I'm just listening to hunger, hunger cues. So same volume of food, but instead of eating, you know, my my cookies and my protein shake all at once, it's like a cookie and then an hour later the other one and then an hour later the protein shake. And so I'm literally just like feeding the day. feeding the furnace all day. So yeah. the furnace is like like just like this and it never goes right and it never goes down to embers. It's just like yeah. So. Well, and you can't see that on audio. I'm like making little fire <laughs> pictures with my hands. Oh, so, wow. yeah, so I was going to say with the um with the tracker. Like, yeah, so for me, we talked about this cuz it was like, yeah, you were saying, yeah, it might be good to track your macros. And I was like, I know I I should track my protein. I'm thinking, you know what I need to do? Is I probably just need to write it down on um, you know, in a notebook, just write like mm-hmm. the protein because so my issue is having come from a background of having mm-hmm. an eating disorder, tracking calories for me is very triggering. And yeah. so I do not want to download my fitness pal. I know. And I do not want to have that. I was trying to win. <laughs> right. I was I trying to not... win the game and yeah. leave and leave 100 calories on the table. On the table. Yeah. So I don't want to have that. That's, no. as it's that's, Those are kind of like there are certain things in my world that are triggering um, and so like, those are those things where I, if I have it available to me, it's, it's just, mm-hmm. it, it's can, I know it, I can go down that bad road. Maybe I won't this time, but maybe I will. And knowing like been down that road before I don't need to go back there. And so, you and that's how it started. It? it started with calorie counting. You know where, where you can put protein grams yeah. in the, in Garmin, in your period tracker. Okay. Can, there's the, a note in the menstrual cycle tracker. Yeah. You can, you can just put it in the notes right there. There you go. I think in the calendar you can add notes too. Yeah. That's a good idea though. Like, or I was even <clears> just thinking old school and like put it on a notebook just so I'm like, piece of paper. because like that organ yesterday. So that was 30 grams. And Which if I look huge. at everything else I did that day and figure out what my, what were my macros on protein? Cause that's one of the areas, everything else I feel like I'm good on, but protein mm-hmm is one where I know like being vegan, vegetarian, whatever yeah. it does. I don't get as much protein as I could. Yeah. Without supplementing. I mean, I eat meat and I and you still was need not to getting supplement. enough protein. Yeah. And so, yeah, little, little. Mostly because I like choose carby things. You right. Know? I'm not like eggs for breakfast. That's, I would like to get there. My sister is hatching chickens this weekend. So exciting. Yeah. I know. I'm so, so excited. So she's going to have five chickens. No roosters. So. They will still, so, so yeah, Joe's chickens still completely produce tons of eggs. They did when one of the hens passed away a couple weeks ago because she went out in the cold and stayed out there like a little brat that night that I got in the cold, she passed away and the rest of them didn't lay eggs for like six days. So there were four hens. So then he brought, they brought home two hens the other day to replace her and they were a little smaller and one of them got picked, hen pecked to death. So then they replaced her yesterday, but they put the two new girls in a, they're going to be in a separate area until they all can jive. But okay. so he gets plenty of eggs with just their yeah. five. I I know. I'm I'm kind of thinking it's we're exciting. probably gonna each be able to get a dozen eggs from Alex a week. Probably, yeah, easily. That'll be exciting. I mean, because if she gets, I mean, I, they should lay around five eggs a day, like each right. one, one per day, one, one a day. Be. Yeah, like that. I I don't think families eat five eggs a day. It I mean, depends on will. the family, but. <laughs> That's Depends. awesome, though. But we should be able to can... we should be able to get yeah. some happy chicken eggs. So Yay. that'll be exciting. Those are such a good source of protein. Yeah, they really are. They really are. And like you know, to know that the chickens are happy and well I cared know. for is like wonderful. It like makes it like oh, this is like plants. Now. I know. I know when they're loved, like like with my business partner's chickens. Yeah, like they are so. Yeah, loved you're eating chickens. like you're. Yeah, you're eating love eggs. You're they're, just eating yeah. like joy. And actually, actually, it would be worse for the environment for you not to eat them. Yeah, because they otherwise are just waste. Yeah, and and because chickens do make, uh, you know, those byproducts. The poop is. It's like although I think you can use it for a fertilizer. So hopefully your sister yeah, will too. That's what she's doing. So, yep. so it's very like a very healthy. Uh, yeah, my sister has a native plant it. garden in her front yard. She's That's like turned awesome. her front yard into a native garden. It's it's really great. So it's hilarious. So my dad is someone who's always moved piles of sticks around the yard, bur- <laughs> making berms. Gar- he likes to clear brush. He likes to like do all of this. We bought this house in the middle of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I want to say it was two acres. My scheme of how big things are, I have no idea I was a child. But it was completely overgrown. And he cleared the entire, like, we're talking wisteria vines growing into the screen porch. That's how Mm. overgrown. He cleared the entire thing. 
And then this is how, like, I don't actually know the full acreage, but when we sold it and then the owners after us sold it, they put five houses on the lot. Oh, wow. So it must have been pretty Probably big. Probably. Um, but acres. now they have this farm, and that's what he does at the farm. He moves sticks around. When my sister calls <laughs> me the other day, she, this is about a year ago, they bought a house. They used to live right here, um, like a mile away from me, but they bought a house in Sterling about 20 minutes away where they could have a little bit of land, a single family home. And she goes, I figured out the secret of happiness. Richard Badley was on to something. It's moving piles of sticks around. <laughs> She's like, it is the secret of happiness. Aww. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, we are turning into our parents. That's oh, crazy. Yes. We totally will. <laughs> And hopefully he will not, like my mom moving sticks around is how she slipped and broke her elbow. Oh, so no. hopefully he will, he will not hurt himself moving the sticks, piles of sticks. I'm more worried about the chainsaw. Like, Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I made my parents there like 25 minutes away from um, from like EMS. And so oh, I was like, right. you They're need, out in the I was like, you need an uh, AED. You need like all yeah. this stuff there. So, so we'll, yeah. we'll touch on our other topic about running. Oh, yeah. Running. So oh, yeah, this podcast about running. Whoops. I think so. So this so this past weekend, okay. So we were supposed to do our long our our long our slow second miles. our second to longest second longest. Yeah. So we of course with Galloway we go up to twenty nine with our over mm-hmm. distance. Yeah. And so this past weekend was our twenty six, which is the that would be the penultimate if you're doing a non advanced Galloway. You right. just go to twenty six since you do the distance and you have that complete confidence that you can do the distance. Right. You've done the distance and you do it slower than race day, obviously. So we had twenty six on the schedule. Mm-hmm. We just were not having a day. It was just yeah. there was a multitude of things happening. Of course, I, with the loss I of felt I felt great until about an hour and a half, two maybe two hours in, and I just like felt this immediate like. I need to dread Brian needs to be home. I was like, I was like, should I just run home and go get my car later? Like, I just felt this like heaviness. I was like, I don't know that I can be away this long. It was. Yeah. And I totally would have, I would have not, I would have thought you just didn't even show up that day. Like it was a very like, just be, just be with him. Just be like with your family. That's the time yeah. for that. And that's Well, okay. I knew that if I had skipped the run at all, I would have been like, I can never catch up. You I'm done. I would have of... dropped out of the whole race. Oh no. And so, then, yeah. and then like, so I had my, my planter, which has not been like that bad, was excruciating after, again, it wasn't until probably an hour and a half in because yeah. it was fine for a while. I felt pretty good. And then like, and Sarah, who the day before had said, I need to do 26. Cause we talked about just capping right. at four hours, which would have been at like 20 miles at 12 mm-hmm. minute pace. Yeah. She's like, I, I really feel like I need to do 26. Cause she's worried about not, you know, if we don't do the over distance, I won't, I will hit that wall on race day. So she was, she was insistent, but then she wore her new mocks, shoes. new yeah. shoes that she'd worn up to an hour before. And then by two and two, two hours in, they were causing blisters. And yeah. so we thankfully kind of yeah. all three had the same feeling of like, all right, you know what? Let's just, we're done for Let's the day. Just call it. And then we get back to the spot where he'd stashed a bag of, we had, uh, Sarah had stopped and bought us a whole bunch of chips so we could snack on chips halfway and we had stashed mine and Sarah's jackets, like our shell yeah. jackets that we we're wearing. We stashed them in the woods, not like right on the trail. It was hidden enough because my husband was asking, like, well, where was it? Like where? And I was like, no, it was off to the point where you would have had to walk through that other trail to see it. And it was gone. So yeah. our chips and our jackets were stolen. And we were like, all right, that's the decision. Yeah. It's done. And then we were at, Called it. we were done. It was half of, we did 13. We ran, we did run up to the um, 7-Eleven <laughs> to buy some chips. So we did get our chips and then we walked back. Um, and so it ended up being over 14 miles on it our was, feet. Yeah. It was three, just about three hours yeah. on our feet, including the run, the walk. But here's the thing. This is where, uh, this is where some people might go, okay, well let's try 26 again next weekend. But we don't have to. The thing is, your plan can be 80%. And this might be the day that we just, this was just, this is what we had that day. We just skip it and move on. Now, we do have the ability to adjust our whole plan because we have an extra kind of week of a week of play in our plan. So it's possible we may we may adjust the whole plan and, and retry, you know, and kind of move things around a little bit, but there's no need to. Um, because we did the 23. We've done, we're doing the mile repeats, the last two mile repeats. We did the first two as races, but you know, when you're marathon, you don't have to make it up. You don't have to then run an hour and 30 instead of just an hour during your weeks. You just take a deep breath, 
that day's over, move on. Um, you can you can miss in the middle of a training block up to I would say maybe like ten days in a plan and jump right, right back and then do a slow build to jump like th- you know a week and then jump right back, back into to your where plan. You were. If you started it, like granted, if you're starting, you know it's week one and then you miss some weeks, you should not jump in on week four to start over the plan. But we're you know in the middle of what we've started pretty much in January. Mm-hmm. We've had we had a break in February. It's fine. It's no big deal. Is it perfect? No, but it's not supposed to be perfect. This is no. running. This is this is our sport for fun. <laughs> this should not be stressful. Nothing needs to be perfect. Also, you run a best time. Yay! You just finish it. Yay! Yay! Like it's still an accomplishment. And yeah, like you can, and you know, other I've seen other coaches put put out numbers there where you can miss, or you should almost not you should miss, but um, you yeah. should not nail most of your workouts. Like it should right. be, it should not be a hundred percent. It should be like 75-80% of the so if you're yeah. if you're if 75-80% of your plan is is perfect. And like a lot of times we've got these you know, these cycles where like we've hit every single thing perfectly. And then we've got other cycles where we, yeah, we hit 75-80%. And right. on and race day, sometimes with a perfect cycle we PR, sometimes we yeah. don't. Sometimes on those 80% cycles we PR, sometimes we yeah. don't. Sometimes we have a terrible day well, after a perfect cycle. And the the worst the thing about marathon training too is you start to feel really kind of in shape and you start to really feel like I'm I'm in such shape I should test my fitness. Yeah. And that is the thing once you start to get in better shape starting to crush those workouts even more because you're testing your fin- your fitness or sneaking in a race that's actually what's going to derail you on marathon day more than missing one run or cutting one run short. Yeah, when you're pushing right? that red line yeah, because, on all those workouts. You know, we talked about, um, Sarah and I had talked about, like, she, May 7th, there's a half marathon, and we have 14 by one that day. She's like, can I just sneak that half marathon in? Because, you know, she was thinking 13, 14. And I was like, well, no, we did 13 for 10 with a lot of walking. I was like, if you, but I was like, here's your yes answer for this. Yeah, if you'd like to do that. You do seven miles beforehand and then, you know, at this pace and then seven miles at this pace and then the last seven miles at goal marathon pace. And that's how you can do it. And she was like, I can't get up at four in the morning and do that because the race is a really early race. I was like, well, guess you can't run that race. <laughs> yeah, because it's not because the 14 by one is not a, a 14 mile workout. It's, it's been as long as 22 workout. for yeah. me. It's a 20 to 22 mile workout. Yeah, because I mean, I've I've kind of like not done a cool down and just walked home and it was exactly 20 miles. And then I've done it where I've done like a good cool down and it was 22 miles. Yeah, it depends. I've done it 20 or 21 or 22, depending on if I dub, if I had some Two miles instead yeah. of ones with the five minutes because yeah. it's yeah it's shorter without uh, the extra five minutes. The but extra five minutes. I know on Sunday <laughs> I got home from that and my foot was in so much pain and because we missed that you know that twenty six miler, I had incredible doubts. So it's not that you're going to be like cool moving on. Yeah. Oh, you may. Totally. I was at that point. I went to uh, Mountain Speeches website. I looked. The half is not sold out. I'm looking at the course because the full is sold out. So if we we can't yeah. get back in if we drop, we need to basically. Oh, I'm not dropping to the I don't expo. Think we're if, dropping if, if I we, do drop, we, it will be at the expo the day before. Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have some incredible doubts about missing a workout. That's healthy. That's normal. Right. Because you feel like you should have been able to complete this. This is all part of your plan. But let's like therapy walk through those doubts. If you're a brand new marathon runner, you can do this. Your very first marathon, you can do it. If you're following a plan, and let's say just like us, you missed your, you know, you've got one more long run, but you didn't do this last one, but you did the one before. You've got it. You're going to do the next one. You're going to do great. Okay? Don't worry. Move forward. You got to do the next one, though, even if that means you have to walk it. If you are in pain with something like planter, maybe, maybe, and you're a brand new runner, Naomi is an experienced seasoned runner where she has run through a lot of pain. She knows her body. She knows what to do. But if you're brand new to this and you're like, this is really awful. It's interfering with my life. Take a break. Don't do the marathon. Drop down. It's okay. 
pick a full marathon, like get your, get your foot recovered, pick a different marathon. But if you're seasoned, if you're like Naomi, like just go ahead and, and, and you want to do this marathon, just go ahead and do it. If you, and I would say also, if you're experienced runner who has a lot of halves and this planter planter is something that it's very, very painful, but you can just run through it. Yeah. Your biggest risk is a planter rupture. Planter rupture is like free Extremely surgery. Rare. It's also free surgery <laughs> because after that heals, it will be better forever. So it there is an upside. It's not like plantar rupture and then it requires this amazing, crazy repair. Long recovery or I, I mean, it is it's it's a, long. It's about a six month recovery, yeah. but so is the surgery. Right. But the plantar rupture is better at it never coming back <laughs> than right. surgery is. So so it's you know, basically what we're saying is it's just a marathon. You can finish it. Like, sure, we're we have the stress because I think in the backs of our minds we're like there's a performance expectation yes. or that we're putting on ourselves. But if we lift that off, like we can go to the marathon. We could go do it tomorrow. We're gonna be just fine. But I think there's that performance expectation in there too. And yeah. you know, we're traveling. And so just to kind of breathe through those, get rid of those, but there's also no shame in dropping to the half. Like right. I, I've said multiple times on our training runs, I'm going to continue with our marathon plan, but it right. doesn't mean when we get out there, I might just be like, you know, I'm only feeling the half today. Yeah. Because I've had marathons and it happened uh, when I was experiencing burnout. I had done virtual Boston and virtual London and I was out doing virtual Marine Corps and it was cold and rainy and my hands were so in so much pain. I dropped out at 15 miles, ran home. This was like 18 miles total that day. I took a warm shower, put on some gloves, and then went out and cheered for the girls for their rest of their race. Yeah. It was just too, it was too much. And like that really, like that was a moment of like burnout for me. And that was October of 2020. And I like have struggled with running since. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that was a, di a little different because it was a virtual. So you had a little bit of a different, like the, you had that ability to, to can it. And the same yeah. thing with. Our, you know, our training run on Sunday, like we had very easy out because we went out and back and we were running past where our starting point was by my yeah. house. So we're like, of course we can just can it here. And so I think, um, I have a lot harder time to drop. I've never dropped out of a marathon or I've never dropped out of a race. I've, I've did not start at a race, but I've never DNF'd. And I've had those moments. I've had those grandma's 2019. Yeah. I thought I should just, I should just stop here. There was plenty of medical yeah. um, AIDS points along the way. And they looked very enticing at like mile 13 and 15. And, and, you know, but I said, you know what, it just, it doesn't matter what your time is. Just, just slow it down until it's comfortable. Yeah. So you're not hurting. I've never dropped out of a marathon. Get your medal. All right. So I've dropped out of three races. I dropped out of a 5k at town center. But bathroom issues. You said, bathroom right? issues. That so was, I ran. So we, it's like right around mile one ish where the old Starbucks by the, uh, the Barnes Noble was. Yeah, I ran down that hill and into the bathroom when I was done with the race. <laughs> All right, the second one was uh, a ten miler. I had run the a half marathon the day before, and I was doing the fall rest in ten miler. Yeah, and I was across over by Glade, and I just cut through the course and came home. Went home, uh, but I had to like walk a mile and a half to get home, um, and that was my my shins and calves, You're and it was pain. just it was just too much. It was just way too much. And then the third time was the Preston 10K. I literally started at the high school and then was like, nope, and went home because bathroom issues. And it's, and it's a quarter mile away. So yeah, like, it was like, so you're like, it was like a quarter mile into the race. It's one thing when you have an easy out but, and you're like, but, you know um, what? It's a home, yeah. it's a home race. It's a local race. It's a yeah. little different when, like, well, when you fly to Duluth. Like, I yeah. was not gonna throw but that away. Believe it or not, when I ran, when we ran Chicago together, and you had dropped back, um, and remember, I had that leg pain that yeah. I've been dealing with. Um, I thought about dropping out at about mile sixteen or seventeen. I was like, man, I could just drop out. And then they had the biofreeze station, oh. and I like biofreeze the crap yes. out of my legs, and I was like. Whoa, now it feels really weird to run. I, I remember like, using that too at Chicago, the biofreeze yeah. station. Yeah, so <laughs> in between but, throwing up. <laughs> but I I really thought about dropping out there yeah. too. And I ran a PR that day. Yeah. I dropped three minutes. So that's insane that you still so, PR'd with, yeah. with that. Oh my gosh. With almost dropping out. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I know grandma's was still my fourth best time. Yeah. I was just looking at the other day, like how many times I've run under how many times I've run for four 
time in a marathon. It's only like seven or eight times. The rest yeah. of the time we're pacing or, you know, tra- training runs. And so it was still, it was not a bad time. Even yeah. Even with like almost dropping out so many times on the course. Yeah. I mean, it, it's... It's just funny, but but the thing is, if if we decide to drop down to the half, we'll make the decision beforehand. And I have dropped from full to half multiple times, mostly at the expo, mostly at Rock and Roll DC. <laughs> Richmond also um, like usually can do that. Like yeah, can... Rock and Roll DC lets you do it for free. They don't even switch your bib. They just say, oh, you just want to run the half tomorrow, no problem. Right. And they just like switch it. So the Rock and Rolls are a great do they, one. Do they have a full anymore? I don't think, I don't they, think have they have a full here, but they have fulls other places. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, my suggestion, though, don't pick a rock and roll for your first full because no. you have to pass the finish line for the half in the rock and rolls. So, so you yeah. may just want to finish there <laughs> the finish line. Yeah, pick – I think we talked about this last week. Pick Marine Corps. Pick, pick a major. Pick a major. Pick New York. Pick Chicago. Pick London. You need um, people. You need, che- you need yeah. cheers. Pick a big city. Richmond is actually a great first full, I think. Yeah. Richmond is amazing. Mm-hmm. Disney would be a great first full – don't do dopey for your first full. Oh my god, no. Don't do goofy <laughs> for your first full. Oh my gosh. A lot of people do it. I I know I so many people cannot. do it. I know. I get it. And, and I I get it. I understand and I I understand that it's so cool to do these challenges and everything, but Oh my gosh, please respect the marathon distance. Yeah. It is hard. It is really really hard and and it should be trained for, and you know, and if you're a brand new runner, Galloway is how you should train for it. <laughs> and a lot of people do it, but I'm I'm actually curious to see what the what the fail rate is. I think it's pretty high. The there's probably a pretty high rate of people who who do dopey as their first and do not finish the marathon. Yeah, because it's it is it yeah respect yeah. the distance. It's a marathon. It's not that easy. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely hard and it's definitely a different way to train. Um, I was listening to Swap about the you know just the different training philosophies like low aerobic base being so important, but it's also really important to get your speed in, and that's actually where Galloway I think does yes. a great job because. I was starting to be like, oh my gosh, am I doing too much low aerobic base? And then I'm like, no, but I'm running seven flats, 650s, mm-hmm. like when I'm running. So I am working on that running economy. Um, I think, you know, I think we've said it before, we need to get a little bit longer runs, more in that aer- more in that high aerobic zone. We need to be running in the eights, maybe, like right. versus Instead running seven, in the sixes and sixes, sevens. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but... I, so I was like listening to that and I'm like, you know, I think that is really where that cardiovascular fitness and that low aerobic base can be so great mixing in with that. I don't know where I was going with this, but that's dopey training can be great for your overall, but it is a very different type of training. And I think it really should be for experienced runners. I do. Um, uh, yeah, I kind of wish um, that that. Disney had a proof of like for Dopey, you had oh. to submit yeah. a previous marathon time. That's it. Yeah. Like just just a previous marathon finish. Yeah. Um, because it, it's just a safety thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And and it could be the Disney marathon, like, great, you oh, you want to do Dopey? Here, here's your two year plan. You do Disney Marathon this year, you get to do Dopey next year. Something like that. Yeah. And I think next Tuesday, like uh, in six days or whatever, is a sign up for people who are trying to get in for 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 the Disney um, Walt Disney World. Not because the uh, ones out in California, I think, already have. You know, they sold out in like three hours. Oh wow! I yeah. So I know. I want to sign up so bad. I'm on the fence about it. I don't think I'm going to try because first of all, I'd have to do it. Yeah, it's during business hours. We'd have to be committed. I'd have to know that we want to do it, both Scott and I, because we've talked about well, you know doing what? it. You know what? If we and decide so, to do it, we just call team and training. And we get some bibs. That's true. And you know what? The hotel room, like, all right, so I priced it out doing team and training with the bib plus the hotel stay. And if both of you are doing it, you would get the room, right? And so then your kids are there, right? So that's, it's free, essentially. Um, with that, it is actually only about $1,500 more than the cost. So if you go, oh, this is how much it costs to run Dopey, you make that donation. And then you just raise 1500 right. 1500 is easy, to, easy raise, to raise, you guys. Like, I know that sounds like a lot of money, but if you have never raised money for a charity before, for a charity run, it is not difficult. And there is a higher power when you are running as a charity runner 
go to every charity event, go to the inspiration dinner, inter, intermix with the with the people in the charity. It will fill you up and give you new meaning. Oh I'm getting gosh, goosebumps. This are, you are. I'm totally getting goosebumps, goosebumps. Like thinking about it because you it's meet survivors, so impactful. You, oh my God. It's so moving. It's yeah. so impactful. To realize, and like, you like, learn, you learn yeah. about the mission and team and training is, is our charity that we run for. Yeah. They were the first who did endurance running. There are a lot of fantastic charities mm-hmm. out there, but every run charity out there was based on team and training's model was based on what the leukemia and lymphoma society started and one of the reasons why um why i choose the chose the leukemia and lymphoma society was i had a friend who had leukemia as a child and at the time it was 50 50 the type of leukemia she had and she's survived um but due to the advancements made by the leukemia and lymphoma society it's now a 99% cure rate for her childhood for her cancer. Type. Oh my gosh. Yeah, for it was um for ALL. Yeah. And then so yeah, so it's it's incredible. And then all the research that is done on blood cancers, blood cancers are very easy to work on and research on. They can then adapt those treatments for other cancers. So we're talking about while they mm-hmm. specifically focus on blood cancers, their their mission is to make cancer eradicated they are trying to eradicate cancer period i mean and that's huge and and then a lot of their treatments are then used for other things Mm -hmm. they developed methotrexate which is a um chemo it's a chemo drug and methotrexate is now yes it's used in chemo but it's also used for autoimmune conditions like mine um there's a like my next step is to go on methotrexate, but I can't go on methotrexate while I'm trying to have a baby. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. thank goodness everything is stable. Um, you know, Sarah's husband's on methotrexate. Yeah. You know, and LLS developed that. That's pretty cool. Um, LLS is and doc, the work of Carl Dr. June, Dr. June in Children's in Philadelphia. I think he's in Philadelphia. Anyway, they're who reprogrammed the HIV virus to target genetic cancer treatments to cure uncur like previously uncurable cancers okay, which is so, so crazy. crazy so crazy oh and can i tell you something super cool so it was in fourth grade magic johnson had just been diagnosed yeah. with hiv and so like everybody was talking about like hiv was like we learned yes. a lot about it as kids right like because it was during the epidemic that time yeah um i remember talking to my mom in the car and i said i said oh this this HIV virus is so smart. This retrovirus is so smart. We're going to be able to teach it to cure cancer. My mom's <laughs> like, you are crazy. I was oh like, my gosh. I was like, it's going to happen because it can insert its genetic material and it can trick the immune system. And I was like, whoa, four, I was in freaking fourth grade. And I was like, well, the doctor did it. <laughs> wow. Like, I, cool. I know. It's just crazy how my sci-fi brain works. I, yes. mean, I mean, I watched so much Star Trek as a kid. Like everything I like thought of was like futuristic. Like That's so we're cool. living in like my dream fantasy with like touch screens everything right yeah i mean i have a i have not a fully automated home but like we call my alexa computer because i'm a star trek nerd (laughs) so so um on that basically about running um it's gonna be great just keep running (laughs) just keep running it's gonna be Um, great disney disney is super fun you should if you've never done a disney race they're definitely worth doing Mm -hmm. uh don't their Disney run events do not plan to race them um, because you're going to want to stop for characters. Yes. It's fun. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's a party. It's really fun. So However, fun. they are also really great courses for PRs, so it is possible to yeah. to race them. Uh, it's also possible to do mad character dashes, which is where you run as fast as you can in between character mm-hmm. stops. Which is so fun. It's really, really fun. Um, but And they have Galloway Pace groups all the way from 1.30 and a half all the way down to Balloon Ladies at seven hours. Yeah. And then in the marathon, I think they have as fast as 2.45. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So It's awesome. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Maybe maybe it's three hours. Maybe they, they definitely have a three hour. I know that, they, sure yeah, they have three. three. Yeah. That's, and, yeah. And they do, like, six and 30 or something, six minutes and yeah. something like that. I know the the 145, um, sometimes they have 130. Because remember Brennan, didn't he, wasn't he yes, facing 130? I think so. I think only when Brennan's there, they have a 130. Yeah, if they can get... Because Chris does the 145 group. Right. And so my PR is I went out with a 145 group. And he and does then, the 330. And then full. I... 
and then I jetted away uh, halfway at one and yeah, nine. Yeah, took off. So, all right. Well, we are going to not beat ourselves up about this past weekend, even though because we're going to follow our own advice and we're going to figure out whether we're doing 12 by 1 this weekend or if we're adjusting our entire plan. Right. But we're going to pick up and keep going, And we're going to pick up and keep going. We don't need to go do that 26 that we missed. And then we were also talking about double workouts yesterday. Yeah. Um, and how as much as we probably both would love that our second our second workout to be a run. I've told myself I'm not allowed to do it. I finally, my legs finally feel stable. They're not Good. hurting all the time. I'm not limping. I'm not, you know, having to use my massage gun every single moment of every day. So I have told myself I'm only going to Peloton as my double or go for a walk with the dog. I'm no longer, or swim if I can, but I'm not going to do a double run. So. Yeah, and I, like yesterday, as much as I would have loved to double at all and get on the bike or something, and oh my God, it's like 85 degrees yesterday, so if, oh, yeah, if there was like a pool open or get on the bike outside. I had like, I had but, like, like 28,000 steps yesterday it, because it was oh so beautiful. Gosh. But um, as much as like I'd love to even double at all, like I was just so drained last night and hungry. I was like, all right, I'm making dinner, eating dinner with the kids, and yeah. then I'm going to get ready for bed with the kids and go to bed because yeah. I listen to my body. I've been super drained with tax season. I've got two weeks left, and then I've still got a couple more deadlines after that Yeah, <laughs> until the beginning of May. But I'm like, you know what? If I don't double these last few weeks, it's okay. It's no big deal. And also, I woke up super sore today from doing some squats with my little, um, my goblet squats with my 21-pound weight. Julian. Yeah. Well, you know, when you get, when you need to go up and wait, your daughter's only 50 pounds. She's 60 pounds. She's 60 pounds. So I've got options. I've got, you know, I can also Lila presses. I know. I've also got, you know, actual weights, but it's way more fun to to have your, because, you know, when I get on the floor to do a plank or a push up, he climbs my back anyway. So I saw the video. Or does them with me. So So cute. Yeah. That's the best toddler workouts. And we were talking about strength training. We'll we'll do a whole uh, we'll have to do a whole episode on strength training because yes. we've got to we've got to figure out how to fit it in and and how to not be too sore to run like that's right you do too that's many squats right. and you're feeling it so yeah all right well I think that's it for today have a wonderful Wednesday have a wonderful day whatever day you're listening to this <laughs> support the podcast by going to rungallowaygirls.com/shop share, rate, subscribe, review, but only if you like us. Five stars. Um, Good feedback only. Yeah. If you hate it, you email us. Email us. We do want to hear that feedback. We just don't want it to mess with the metrics. So if you hate it, email all the hate to rungallowaygirls at gmail.com. We love the hate. Send it to us. Uh, Any questions, feel free to message, direct message, email We'd love to tackle your questions and um, just thanks in advance for all the condolences. Um, Everybody's been so lovely and supportive and, you know, hug the people that you love. And one more thing, talk to your parents, talk to your kids about your plans, your wishes. Let them know where all of your accounts are. Where your documents are. Where where everything is. Yeah. yeah, because that's been really that's been really difficult too. So talk about your wishes, write them down, have a, have plans in place. Make sure people know who to talk to if right. something tragic happens. Um, because, yeah, yeah, life is freaking short. So. Life's freaking short. Hug the people you love. Yep. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>